Into hour two on this Thursday edition of Sportsnet Today, Logan Gordon and Peter Klein along with you. We are live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Lots of Flames talk, of course, after their massive trade Wednesday with the Vancouver Canucks. Checked in with Pat Steinberg for some final thoughts, hopefully until he's back from vacation. Uh, Some clarity on what exactly the Flames hope they got in that deal. Also, Pat, you know, mentioning that he feels pretty good about the Flames' chances of signing Hunter Brustovich in the near future here, something that was a bit of a concern, apparently, in Vancouver, given the depth of, of D that they currently have. So that's good news for Flames fans. Also chatted with our pal Adnan Verk, our Thursday regular here on Sportsnet 960. So if you missed any of it, please feel free to check out something on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Shan Vergie's our outstanding producer on this Thursday. And PK, the uh, NHL's all-star draft, just finished up. Uh, as we speak here on this Thursday, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll have gotten this news already, but kind of an, I don't know, I don't know that I had high expectations for this thing, but kind of a disappointing end. We all wondered what was going to happen with the last player picked. Yeah. And they don't have a last player picked this year. No, apparently they all just got four cards drawn at random and that's what team you, you end up on. Uh, so that's a little lame. And it like I the the last player like players got picked last when the NBA did the drafts and it was hilarious because Kevin Durant would just keep passing up James Harden which was awesome, <laughs> um but like just let let one of them be picked last it's okay they'll they'll be all right um also the the main issue for this was that it does seem that uh alcohol was not allowed and mm. that was I would say one of the shining stars of the the last time they did one of these was the the presence of alcohol. And I I understand that that's not everyone's jam, but uh, it's definitely some of theirs, and it made it a whole lot more entertaining. But the the teams are now drafted, and now there there will be a a wild competition coming up this weekend to see which team has been drafted the best. Yes, uh, celebrity captains that were there, Will Arnett, uh, Michael Buble, Bieber, Mm -hmm. Tate McRae, uh, all helping the NHL do this player draft. And you know what? And I've always said this. We're going to do the player draft, which I think can have its fun moments yeah. and, and following along with it, whether it's a guy that's kind of new to All-Star or, like you said, somebody that they're just having fun with by not drafting. With all the sponsorships the NHL come up with, could you not just say, hey, guy that gets drafted last, here's 50K to your favorite charity? Well, didn't they do that with, like, Ovechkin was openly telling car. them, don't draft me because I need a car. Yeah. That, like something like Honda that would be a whole lot of fun. I think Honda gave the last guy uh, a car. Yeah, like, and then have that car come out, and it's like a beater from 1995. <laughs> yeah. That you like the the tape player. We found this in. 1999 Civic in a yeah. garage in Montana. It <laughs> yeah. has 555 thousand kilometers on it. Right, and it, it is now owned by Alex Ovechkin. We are confident in at least three of the four tires. So <laughs> just roll with that. Um, but no, like I, I think something like that, like just. Have some fun with it. But as much as the NHL has so much talent going on and, and so much going well for it on that side of things, boy, they sure do like to water down a whole lot of stuff. And it just like it, it 
they're they're at least trying with this, right? And they've at least sure. reached out to, to Connor McDavid to to get the skills competition thing going. I don't know who in the league you would reach out to to get more personality out of stuff, but they they're at least trying some stuff. But just go all the way with it. Don't worry about which one of these millionaires is going to have their feelings hurt by being picked last. Have some fun with it. Make it a joke. Yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Is I'm not even worked up about it. It's just if you're gonna have fun with this, which you should. It's supposed to be for yeah. fun. We don't even play a regular hockey game anymore. We just play a three-on-three tournament. Let them have some fun with it. Let there be a last player taken and have some sort of other aspect that goes along with it. And, you know, the NFL is trying a lot, too, because the, the shine of the Pro Bowl has worn off incredibly, which is, by yeah. the way, also this weekend for another thing that you probably – won't watch, but you see all the, the tape of, you know, when they used to do the skills um, with the quarterback competitions and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And people are like, you had it like you had what people actually wanted to see. And now that it just feels like there is always that step that they're afraid to take for whatever reason about, yeah. Oh, is it too corny? Is it too drummed up? It's an all-star game. Yeah. Just try to make it the best experience that you possibly can. The entire purpose of all of this now, with all due respect to the, the network whose radio station I'm talking on right now, the entire purpose of all of this is to create as many really cool 30-second clips that you can put on TikTok. That's basically what this entire weekend is. is yep. Can you find that something that is really fun that gets a million likes or whatever on TikTok and you can put it that way? And Pat McAfee talks about in his hockey is awesome thing. Like that's That's basically what we're going for here. Can we just... Have some fun, let loose, and just enjoy all the talent that is in the National Hockey League. The one thing, I can't remember who said it last year, but it's always stuck with me. Like, at an all-star game, what would make you want to watch? Like, what aspect of basketball or hockey or whatever, what is it that you really want to see? I want to see something I couldn't do, right? Yeah. Like, the, the target practice or, you know, the the breakaway challenge, you know, where you, you're not, not talking about getting dressed up in a cape and <laughs> shooting with a, a mini stick. Yeah. But, you know, the Kucherov move, right, where he, he just kind of dekes around and lets the puck slide through somebody. Or I'd like to see a quarterback try to throw it 70 yards because I couldn't throw a football yeah. 70. It's why we love the dunk contest. Right. Nobody, I can't, I can't dunk. Yeah. You think I can do a 360 dunk off the backboard over a mascot? Running around on a stupid hoverboard? No, no. Those are the things that I want to see. It, I could care less about there being an actual game. It's the talent that these guys have, these guys and girls, especially on the NHL side, that I could never do. Those are the moments that I want to pick up on. Yeah, from these. So focus on those ones. Yeah, it's why like the home run derby is great because it's just like yeah, here's these guys crushing 500 foot tanks. I could never do that. No, never. No. Also, it is funny, and obviously it's a different format now that they're just spamming swings for a minute and a half, but <laughs> watching the ones from like 1998, and it's, oh, wow, Sammy Sosa just hit that ball from Milwaukee to Green Bay. That's fun. Bet nothing weird is going on with this. But no, like you <laughs> want to see that in like the, the slam dunk competition. Like, oh, JaVale McGee just brought out a 12-foot net and is dunking on that. And that, but that one there, that has fallen off a little bit because now the, the star players don't go into it because they don't want to uh, embarrass themselves or or anything like that. And so that's been watered down a little bit. And I do think the NHL getting the players involved in this thing, like, hey, what would you guys take seriously and do but also have fun with? 
I think that needs to happen instead of just a bunch of stuffy old dudes trying to figure out what the kids would like on them, their cell phones and stuff like that. Having actual player involvement, like, okay, what would you do? What would you take seriously? And how can we make this fun? I think that's a, a real smart move by the NHL. And you know what? It's, it's interesting. You mentioned those like 30 second TikTok views. I think that's also what's got guys so nervous about being a part of it. Right, because you right. don't want the 30-second TikTok of, oh, this guy couldn't pass the puck yeah. into a mini six yeah. net. Did you want, if you're Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. do you want to be the most viral TikTok this year because you you know, sprained your ankle going for a dunk? Right. Or whatever, or you missed a, a layup on an easy dunk that you were trying or something like that? So I get it from the other perspective, but it, it's all it all comes back to guys being willing to share their personality and have a little bit of fun uh, at these events and not take it so seriously. And yeah. um, is there a way to fix it? No, we have this conversation literally every single year in, in sports radio. I can remember having them every year I've been here at 960, and I'm sure you do too because yeah. it it happens every year, and it's it's got all the focus. All the Sportsnet channels are on all-star stuff this weekend. NFL Network's focused on the Pro Bowl. When there's nothing else going on, you naturally focus on that. And we talk about it and, and critique it as we do. But I don't think it's, you know, at the end of the day, is it really ever going to change? Is it ever going to be that big event that we hope it would be? I don't know. No, it's I don't just, think so. I think it's just kind of do the best with what you can. Yeah. And also, like, it also shouldn't get to the point where I think it was a while ago where everyone is taking this thing super seriously and here comes Pete Rose and he just breaks that poor guy's collarbone yeah. uh, who is blocking home plate. Like, I, I don't want that either. I don't want this to be a super competitive thing and all of a sudden Connor McDavid goes crashing into the wall and his legs on sideways. Like, I, I do think there has to be a little bit of, hey, this is fun and not, well, back in my day, they were super competitive and Marty McSorley came out and took a guy's head off. Like, you, you don't need it to be that either. But I, I do think, like, it just, it has to be, like you said, it has to be a showcase. The NBA All-Star Game should look like I'm playing NBA Street. Yeah. And the, the NHL one should look like the NHL 3s that they have on the video game and all of that. Like, it just, it should just be fun, but also a little bit entertaining. Uh, some of your texts at 960-960. The fan feedback line is always open to you. If you're listening live, shoot us a text. We'd love to hear from you on this Thursday. Uh, Randy says, now you're dissing the All-Star Game because there's no flame there. First of all, Harvey's there. Yeah. Also, so, I, I have been on this station in some way, shape, or form for uh, like 13 years now. A bit of a break in there. Sure. Uh, but well, I, I, have, I have been saying, yeah, huh? I have been saying this all of the time. And the Flames have had All-Stars pretty consistently they in have, that stretch. They could have eight All-Stars, and I really wouldn't have been any more impressed with the format than no. I am right now. No. It's just less, literally just less audio for us to play. Right. Like, you're just not going to hear from any members of the Flames of the All-Star Game because there isn't any Flames. Yeah, you that's, are here. You will hear from 100% of the Calgary Flames represented at this year's All-Star that's break. That's the only difference. Uh, again, this text comes in. So with the trade, the Flames, uh, do they have any representation of the All-Star Game? No, they don't. Um, As this, of right now, they could trade for an All-Star, but I, I they would could. put the odds of that are fairly unlikely. It, it does feel unlikely, and <laughs> I think most guys, uh, like Elias Lindholm, we heard from him in hour one, he was on his way back to Calgary from Mexico, like where most guys are on vacation with their families right now who aren't at the All-Star game when he got traded. They've got all the slots figured out. It's not like they're just going to add another spot so Blake Coleman can cancel half of his vacation and jump in. There's just there's no flames there. And I, no. 
It just is what it is. Yeah, there was no flame patiently waiting by their phone to see if they could get a call to Toronto. Like, well, oh, if I on. get out of this 30-degree yeah. weather and head to Toronto so that Bieber can pick me. Yeah. God, this, that would be nice. This all-inclusive is fun, <laughs> but I would love to hear some witty banter between Will Arnett and Michael Bublé. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. What are Bublé and Will Arnett are talking about right now? If only I could... Yeah, I actually don't care. Yeah. Uh, what does this one say? Uh, how do you have fun with the NHL All-Star game when the captains are as entertaining as paint? That one from Mark. The NHL Boots. needs to... Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Might be the wrong kind of fun. Right. Yeah. But... I think the NHL, I don't know. I think they just need to, I think it's part of that's just hockey. I mean, there's just, there's not a lot of charismatic media personalities in the entire game. Like, I think no. it'd be unfair to just say that these captains are like that. I mean, yeah, so it's, a it's, lot it's, of the guys are like that. Thing. And it's, it, it goes throughout, right? Like I, I've done... Um, a lot of different minor hockey broadcasts here in, in again, that little space between the, the times on the station. Um, Still don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, no idea. But even there, like, the kids are, like, 13, 15 years old. Like, hey, you've just scored five goals against this team. What? Well, it was a full-team effort. It's like, they, they, they're taught from, and part of it is what they see on TV, 100%. But part of it, too, is, like, well, it's team first and all of these things. And it's kind of taught out of them. So it's they, they, they start them very early with that sort of a thing. And it, it gets, uh, some of them do like some of them, the personalities shine. Right. But then you get a PK Subban for the entirety of his career. Oh, he's a distraction. He's a this, he's a that. Like, how could you be so selfish by celebrating with your goalie and things of that nature? Like a lot of it does kind of get coached out of you. Um, and so I, I do think that there's, yeah, there's a bit of a, a personality issue in this league right now. Uh, this is Inside Hockey for Calgary Co-op. This hockey season, support local. Find your all-time classics and locally brewed beers. Visit your local Calgary Co-op wine spirits beer today. Um, and, and you know what? Part of it goes back to, and uh, I do want to be fair to communications guys and PR departments. A lot of it, I think, very early on in any sport, not just in hockey. I think in a lot of different sports, BK, you're told, remember anything you say lives on the internet forever, mm -hmm. right? And can be clipped and turned and spun on you. And so I think a lot of guys just avoid it, right? They're like, I'm just not going to stir the pot or give anybody any quote to put on Twitter because I don't want to live in that universe. And I can't right. blame them for that. No, no. Like, I, if, and like, it, we're talking on here. And like, even just now there was one little bit of uh, negative feedback on the text line. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should change it. You know, I can't imagine what an NHLer gets on a daily basis where they, they say one thing that's like, Oh wow. Did you see how awesome I was? And then it's just 150,000 people. Screw this guy. How could dare you? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't imagine what that is like. So no. yeah, I, I can understand that entirely, but also as someone who, you know, kind of enjoys the sport and would like to see it grow a little bit more. It would be nice if there was a little bit more of that personality. I do like this one text here uh, from Jay and Silverado. All-star game should be an outdoor game with sticks in the middle. Um, we could maybe do a bit more of a grandiose thing than sticks in the middle, but I have often said, instead of regular season games with like points and stuff on the line, I think an outdoor game would be really neat for the, the all-star thing. And I, I'm sure like you would get better ticket sales and stuff like that if it's an actual meaningful regular season game. But I, I do also think it would be a really unique experience and would probably make players want to go to the All-Star game a little bit more because you get to play at the Big House in Michigan or 
at Lake Louise or, you know, like just, you could get creative with that as well. And so I, I do think like having, having it look different aside from they're wearing weird jerseys all the time. I, yeah. I think that would be something just make it, make it a spectacle. Play ball hockey in the spear or sphere or whatever, you know, like uh, something like that. Like yeah. just make it different. Uh, this is an interesting text. Uh, it says, would I be wrong to think the Spit and Chicklets boys would be a bigger draw as captains than this group? The problem that the NHL would have, and it's where Spit and Chicklets and and that whole group sort of operate in, is they don't have any NHL affiliation. Mm-hmm. So if they don't see things the same way as the NHL. They can be as critical of that group as they want. They can live in a space that's maybe a little bit more outlandish, I'll say, than the NHL might be comfortable with. Yeah. And that appeals to their brand because they don't have the same boundaries as a company like the NHL. I do think that there are great opportunities for some of the personalities that have been discovered outside of the NHL. Paul Bissonnette's been a, a... I don't want to say frequent, but he's been a occasional uh, Hockey Night in Canada panelist yep. a few Saturdays this season, and I've loved him. Yeah, And I think that Spit and Chicklets has been a great avenue to find guys that want to have an opinion and that w- are willing to to speak out and be that next generation. I mean, the TNT panel, since coming together uh, with their rights deal in the U.S. last yeah. season, has been a huge hit because well, they've brought a different aspect to it, right? And that would be maybe a good middle ground is have the TNT panel pick them, right? Like, you'd have Bissonette and Gretzky and Anson Carter and Henrik Lundqvist. And see, so you could do that in the in the, NFL, in the NBA, excuse me. Totally. With, that, with the panel that they do there, because the, all those guys have yeah. their own cachet within fans, right? Totally. Yeah, it's at the point Ernie Johnson could pick his team, and no one would... I'd probably cheer for Ernie's team, honestly. I think 100%. Ernie's an OG. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that that guy, he's probably got some stories too. Hey, he's probably God. he he's probably going to be meeting up with Adnan and Bob Costas for coffee after their their probably tonight. yeah. Uh, but no, like I just like have like I said, ha- have some fun with it. And also, like we're talking about this, like it's a problem. The NHL. Uh, now, look, I haven't watched the draft. I'm probably not going to go back and rewatch it. Um, but it it did seem like it was a little d- vanilla. I would imagine Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are watching that. And just doing like a, a standing ovation, just bravo, bravo. You know, like that they thought that was a beautiful work of art. That they, they they don't not want controversy, especially right now. That they do not want uh, any controversial things said or done on those things. They want it. Hey, here are our players. You just we we said all of their names. They're wearing our jerseys. They're beside celebrities. That's all we want. Let's move on. So while we're while we're looking at this as a how can we fix this? The NHL is going, I want more of that thing. Yeah. And look, and it's funny you say that because as this text comes in, uh, it's kind of the opposite of what we've heard. This text says, the best thing with the NHL is that our athletes don't act like obnoxious clowns. I dread the idea of the attitudes you see in the NFL or NBA. No thanks. And that's it goes exactly back to what we just talked about, PK, that some guys don't want to live in that area of – right giving you my opinion because there's there's always going to be someone on the other side of it right you, it it hits twitter it hits tiktok it's out there for you know way more people to view than it ever did so a lot of guys would just rather keep it give you the the standard pucks in deep good in the locker room yeah. yes no sort of answer instead of diving into it now some people will feel differently than that texture and wish that we got more personality, and some yeah. will feel like that guy does, and there's no, there's no wrong answer, no. right? It's it's your all your personal preference and what you like 
out of the athletes. We're just having a discussion as to whether or not it would improve a product like the NHL or like the NHL's All-Star Weekend. Yeah, and like I, I grew up watching professional wrestling, so I, I like some pizzazz. With my like, I, I like some yeah, entertainment. Well, you with my sports. You that the entertainment value appeals to a guy like you, right? Right, exactly. And you look at and, and one of the things I want is like we want this league to grow, right? And there is only so much growth you can have with pucks in deep, hundred and ten percent, clear eyes, full hearts, never fail. You know, like that. There's it, it's great, and maybe sometimes it works in an all in documentary or whatever they were called on on Amazon or or a road to whatever. But the way that things grow is you get those personalities out of the NBA. You get those personalities out of the, the National Football League. And because of that, people become a, a little bit more accustomed with them. They become stars and it moves on. It's why a, a guy like, um, to use a dated UFC reference, a guy like John Finch won 17 fights in a row, got one title shot out of it. Conor McGregor loses three fights in a row, gets a title shot out of it. It's it's easy to draw money with one than the other. And so when you're looking for a sport to grow or an event to grow, like the one we're talking about here with the All-Star Game, it is a whole lot easier to grow that with big flashing lights and big personalities than it is with, well, I just think we tried really hard in that <laughs> game and we just wanted it more. And that's why we ended up winning this one. So that's that that that's where I am coming from, is that like I, I want to be entertained and just playing a rousing game of hockey is well it's it's fun i love the sport and you'll, you'll get me with that every time i would like a little bit more with it uh we'll finish off on this text uh, ask yourself what the most memorable moments from the all-star game have been recently they're few and far between for me it's john scott and phil going last in the draft yeah naming them in chronological order it is um i forget which one came first john scott i, I think john scott is the most recent then it's Phil Kessel, and then it's Owen Nolan calling his shot in like 1998, pointing top shelf and then going there on Dominic Hasek. Those are the memorable moments that we have got from the All-Star Games. Uh, that's Inside Hockey for Calgary Co-op. Let's go local Calgary from the best in the West Canadian produce to quality only Alberta meats. Find your local Calgary Co-op shop online or in-store today. This is the Sports Drive at 5. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. When we come back... To jump back into the Flames conversation. Megan Nicholson seen a lot of Flames hockey this season as the new color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. We get mixed thoughts on the Flames and Canucks swap from Wednesday night. That when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Logan Gordon, Peter Klein along with you, putting a wrap on hour two. Going to continue the Flames talk here. Of course, the Flames and the Vancouver Canucks hooking up for a big trade on Wednesday that saw Elias, Elias Lindholm keep doing that. I told you he's a Canuck now. Every time. It's just the Canuck in me that it's I can't get it out. Elias Lindholm. Elias Lindholm. Uh, Elias Lindholm has been traded to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a package including Andre Kuzmenko, two draft picks, and two prospects from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and now it's a much different looking Flames team. Still two big UFAs and lots to figure out going forward for Flames GM. Craig Conroy to help us break it down. Very happy to welcome in the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. It's Olympic champion Megan Mickelson with us. What's up, Mick? How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We are good. We've had plenty to talk about. Uh, we thought All-Star break was going to be boring, but uh, got uh, some news <laughs> from Craig yesterday that changed that. No doubt, hey? I think that everyone's on the same page with that one. <laughs> what was uh, your reaction as the news started to trickle in last night uh, when this whole thing was set and and decided and we saw what the final package was for Elias Lindholm. Yeah, I mean, I think going into the All-Star break after the last homestand that the Calgary Flames put up, I 
I think we all knew that something was going to happen sooner rather than later. I will be honest in saying that when I looked at the return, my like first reaction was like, whoa, wow. Uh, I was, you know, kind of a little bit blown away in terms of, uh, you know, what the Flames are getting back for Elias Lindholm. So I like the trade. I like the moves. And I like, you know, the thought of a guy like Andre Kuzmenko who can, I mean, the guy's a sniper. He has the ability to be a, a game breaker. And that's something that I've said from the very beginning of the season that I feel like this team has really missed in a, a player that can score the way that he has shown he can in the past. So uh, I was I was really, really excited. And it sounds like a lot of Flames fans are very excited as well. We'll focus most of this conversation on the Calgary Flames and going forward with them. But just a quick thought on uh, what you saw from Elias Lindholm this season, Mick. And it sure felt like from the offset that this kind of conversation and the not knowing what was going to happen, whether it was a trade or going to free agency. I don't know about you, but watching Elias, I wondered if it didn't wear on him some nights. Yeah, and I mean, I'll go all the way back to the Flames golf tournament at the start of the year and his media availability on that day. And remember how short his answer was when he was he was asked about re-signing and it was that was when things started to get, you know, a little bit questionable in terms of, you know, was he going to sign or what's going to happen here? I think that that's when questions really started to be asked. And I do think that it weighed on him because, you know, I've been an analyst for this team now for my third season and the last two years, the player that we saw, he just, he had a lot more jump and a lot more fire. I think we saw flashes of it this season. And I think that that was him really trying to, push through what was weighing on him in terms of, you know, he didn't know what his future was going to be and, and what things looked like in terms of, you know, what was going to happen with him in the flames. And, you know, as, as a player, when you have stuff like that weighing on you, I know like you hear players all the time say, Oh, I just, you know, I kind of, I'm just focusing on playing I'm focusing on the team. I'm focusing on winning. But when you have distractions like that on the outside, like you still, at the end of the day, you go home and those are things that, that you think about and that weigh on you. So, you know, for me, I think that we just didn't see that same jump in that same kind of fire. And I would say consistency. Uh, we saw it from him at times, but it wasn't there consistently. So, uh, you know, I do think that he did play some good hockey this season. Like there, there's a number of plays that I remember uh, you know, throughout the games and calling and like some of the plays that he made on assists, uh, one in particular, like it, it was a play in the D zone and it was a play he made on the half wall uh, to get the puck to Jonathan Huberto, who got it to Sharon Govich, who ended up scoring this not too long ago. But it's plays like that that he made that were, that don't often, they go, they often go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was still a lot of good things that he did. You look at him on the penalty kill. Um, how solid he was in terms of being on the ice for as many D-zone face-offs as he was. Uh, but I just think that, that that little bit of extra jump and finish um, was missing from him this season, and, and I do think it was weighing on him. Uh, Megan Mickelson's along with us. It's Logan Gordon and Peter Klein on Sportsnet today this afternoon, PK. Uh, just one more along these lines before we get into the the return and, and some of the exciting pieces coming back to Calgary. But um, 
as a, a first line center, which Lindholm was like, just by default, there's a, a leadership position that kind of comes with that. And given how long he has been with this team and in this league, that that's going to come with the, the territory. Now that that's kind of out of the room, you, you've been in, in locker rooms, you've been around this team uh, for, for quite a bit, as you mentioned, how, how does a, a locker room now adjust to something like that? Yeah. Well, I actually thought about that earlier today and what, prompted me to think about it was just seeing a photo of him um, with the A on his jersey. And I was like, wow, like they're not, they're not just losing a really great player. They're losing one of their assistant captains. And that hasn't been talked about that much, but I think that what's good with this flames group and we've heard Ryan Huska talk about it is that they have a leadership group. So it's not just the players that are wearing letters. There are other players um, and, you know, Jacob Markstrom being one of those guys, that's in, in the leadership group as well. So there are, there, there's teams that I've played on as well. And that's sort of becoming um, more seen on teams is where you have leadership groups. I know with the last four years that I was on the national team, it wasn't, it wasn't just your captains and your assistants. Uh, it was an entire group. Um, so for, you know, Another guy in the flames would be Blake Coleman, um, who has obviously been outstanding this season and is a leader without a letter. So there's other guys that I think, you know, have really been solid leaders on this team over the course of the season. Mackenzie Weger would be another one, in my opinion, um, that, you know, will will step up and will fill that role that has big voices in that room. So I think, you know, it's just it's a it's a shift. Obviously it's you know depending on, you know, how big of a, a role in terms of your voice and, and what Elias Lindholm brought to that leadership group. I think that that's, you know, only something that those players and the coaches could really confirm uh, because they're the only ones that are in the dressing room in those conversations. But you're right. At the end of the day, they are, they're losing a leader and other guys are going to have to step up and fill that role. But I do think that the flames have the right pieces, the right players in that locker room to do just that. In terms of what, what is coming into Calgary now, uh, Andre Kuzmenko is the one who's coming to the Flames with NHL experience. You mentioned before some game-breaking ability, 39 goals a year ago. Hasn't quite clicked with Vancouver, or I guess didn't uh, quite click with Vancouver this season. What have you seen from Kuzmenko and what kind of player are the Flames getting? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I look at a guy who, who has that real raw skill set in terms of scoring ability it is there he showed that last season did he maybe it was 39 goals is that something that he can do year in and year out maybe not but that shows that it is there um and from what i've seen of him play and what i've watched like it is there this season i think that was just you know, from the people I've talked to and, you know, from the outset, that, that was a confidence issue that he just, you know, he had, he had no confidence. And sometimes also as a player, like you don't always click with all of the coaches that you play for, and that can really hinder your performance. So, you know, it seems like that's what was happening with Kuzmenko in Vancouver. And from the sounds of it, like he's going to come into Calgary and he's going to get every opportunity to play with, you know, the best players on this team. Um, and he's going to be on the power play. Like, that was one of the bargaining chips to, to get him to waive his no trade was like, hey, you know, Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska apparently talking to him on the phone and saying, 
this is the opportunity you're going to get here. You're going to play with the best players. You're going to play on the power play. You're going to get the opportunity. And I think what we've also seen from Craig Conroy and Ryan Huska, especially Ryan Huska, I have a, a lot of respect for the way that he works to set his players up for success. Guys play for a lot of coaches and they make a big difference in terms of like putting you in positions to succeed. And Ryan Huska always tries to do that with his players. He gives them opportunities. He gives them chances and puts them in those positions to succeed. So I think right off the hop, that's what Andre Kuzmenko is going to get. He's going to come into the flames and they're going to do their absolute best to set him up for success. And I think that that will help his confidence and in turn help his play. This might seem like a small thing to a lot of people, Mick, but how important do you think it is that the Flames got a right shot scoring threat like Kuzmenko to add into a lineup that is 95% of the forward shooting left? Yeah, that was big. <laughs> that was huge. <laughs> uh, and especially like a, a sniper that's a right shot. So I, that was really big, especially you look at the power play as well. Um, and to have a guy, a right-handed shot um, on the power play that can shoot like he can. I think that that is, that's huge. And that's one of those things that hasn't, you know, been talked about a lot. And it's, it's really crazy how, you know, the right shot players are, there's less and less of them. Like it's, it's crazy. So um, yeah, I think that that's definitely a huge piece. Have you started to play along with the lines yet? Like, I know we've started last night, even me and Pat were texting back and forth and kind of going, what does Ryan Huska do in a couple days? Like, they've got that big four-game road trip that starts in Boston. You take Lindholm out of the equation. Obviously, that's a big spot missing in your lineup. Have you started to think, okay, where am I going to see Kuzmenko? Who are we going to see fill in at center to take some of Lindholm's minutes? Have you started going down that process yet? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously we all have, and it's a big question that needs to be answered. And it comes down to, I think, two things for me. You look at Ryan Huska and there's been days where like, we'll go to practice or pregame skate. And I'm like, okay, I think this is what they're going to do with the lines. And I'm like, bang on. And then other days where I'll, I'll go, I don't, yeah, this is what I think they're going to do with the lines. And then I'm like way off, like not even <laughs> close. So yeah, I think that it, it depends, you know, it, how much change they want coming out of this break, right? So you look at the lines that they have right now, what's working? Well, Zary and Kadri, those two work really well together and Pospisil is coming back. So do you, do you leave those three together? Majapani, Backlund, Coleman. Well, obviously those three work well together. You're going to leave them. So that leaves you with Huberto and Sharon Govich on that, I guess, quote-unquote, first line. Do you move Sharon Govich to the middle and then slot Kuzmenko on the right side? So if you're, you know, going in the direction of you don't want to put too much change on the team and everyone coming out of a nine-day break, then to me that's sort of the direction that you go. Uh, That being said, uh, I know that Craig Conroy talked this morning about the fact that Martin Pospisil has played center. And if he were asked to play center, he would jump at the opportunity. So that kind of, you know, I, I was set on Huberto, Sharon Govich and Kuzmenko, and then leaving the cadre and the kids line and backlund line alone. I was, I was pretty set on that this morning. And then I heard Conroy say that. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, maybe they're going to go in a different direction here. 
But I think the other thing is for me, like, are we, are we done with the trades Yeah. before the end of the break? Right. Like in the next four or five days, like could something else happen? Like we don't know where if another piece gets pulled in, like what if they trade for another center? What if they move somebody like, so there's, to me, there's so many moving parts. So I guess I would say if you, you don't want a lot of change, you don't want to shake up the team too much, then you go with um, Huberto, Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko, Kadri and the kids, Backlund's line. Uh, then you tinker with your fourth line or continue to tinker with your fourth line. Uh, it, and then if there's no other moves to be made, but you want to see some big changes, then maybe you go with something like um, – Huberto, um, Pospisil, and Sharon Govich. That would be crazy. And then yeah. Terry, Kadri, and Kuzmenko. And then leave Backlund's line on. And then if there's other trades that are, are made and other pieces are moving, then who knows? Then I have to reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> but those would, be, those would be like the two possibilities uh, based on what I've heard and c- kind of what makes sense. Like Ryan Huff has talked about how he likes keeping guys in pairs too. Um, and I just don't think like breaking up Zary and Kadri at this point with the success that they've had this season, like I don't, I don't love that, but I also understand that they, they got to move some pieces around here. Well, at least they have a nice, easy landing spot going up against the East leading Bruins coming out of the all-star break. Right? Just a nice way to ease into it. Yeah, yeah, should be a should be a breeze. <laughs> uh, well, you talked about uh, obviously a, a lot of potential outcomes here, but uh, Sharon Govich is one that that's interesting. The potential with him moving to center, we we saw him centering that fourth line at the beginning of the year, and with all due respect to the players involved, I would suggest centering a line with Greer and Rozichka is a little bit different than Huberto and, and Kuzmenko. But what did you see <laughs> from uh, Sharon Govich, the center, in the the first part of the year? Yeah, I think for me, what made him a good center is that he's he's pretty good in the d zone in terms of his positioning um and i should say actually more so he's good defensively in terms of his positioning not necessarily in the d zone but when he's in the offensive zone you'll often see him as like the high f3 um and so in watching the game and in analyzing in real time, there's been so many times where I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. Sharon go, which was back or that was going to be a three on two. Like it happens a lot. Um, and so he's very uh, positionally aware of defensive responsibilities. And obviously that's a huge uh, attribute and quality in a centerman that you need. So, you know, that's something that I, I like from him. Uh, that, you know, makes him a good candidate for a center. And uh, his speed as well, that's something, like, you're going to be a centerman, you got to be able to skate. And, you know, he's got he's got some jets on him. So I like that too. At the same time, it's also, like, my hesitation in moving him to the middle is that he's doing so well on the right wing. Like, and he, I guess as a coach, you ask, like, do you want to tinker with that? And do you want to move him to center and risk losing him producing at the rate that he is? Because you don't know, moving him to center, that's a big change. And that could really, uh, you know, change, change his game. So that's my only question and hesitation with that one. But, you know, he's, he's, very, he's a very intelligent hockey player as well. Like if you just watch him on the ice, 
when when watching a game he's really really smart so he definitely has like the hockey sense and the hockey IQ uh, to play at the center position and I mean he's a much more confident player now than he was back then too so um, if he if he did move to center it, it would be interesting to see you know you know how it all worked out. Well, uh, you never want losing to, to be okay. This certainly was, I, I think, a move with more of an eye to the future than, than the, the present push to get into a playoff spot. Five points out here um, at the, the 49 game mark of the season. As this team goes forward with maybe a bit more of an eye to, to next season and, and the future, what are some aspects of, of this team's game that you'd like to see them kind of work on and grow on as the, the season kind of winds down here? Well, the biggest thing for me has been consistency. Uh, that's something that, and that, you know, that's, um, it's, it's not a, a hard skill in terms of like, you can say, oh, they need to work on uh, their D zone or they need to work on their neutral zone forecheck. Like this is figuring out as a group, uh, how to play well consistently in games. So for the full 60 minutes, but then from one game to the next, like we've seen, very different teams, like from the first period of a game to the third period of a game. And it was almost like at times you're like, Hey, what, which team is going to come out on the ice this period? Like, is it the team that's that we have seen that has played so well and has shown a lot of potential, or is it the team that, you know, is, is flat and is playing a little bit too loose. And then we've seen that from one game to the next as well. So I think for me, like that's a, a big thing. And that starts with, um, you know, that that's your environment, your culture. And like, they've done such a great job by what we have heard and seen of, you know, really creating a great culture and, and a great environment. And now it's just figuring out a way to take all of that and, and allow you to help you per, perform consistently well. And, and on a daily basis. So that's a big piece for me. Uh, the other thing, and, I, you know, I said this since the start of the season, is just that, you know, raw scoring ability is just, you know, I, and I know that, like, we saw the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup with, you know, they, they won by committee, and it wasn't just one guy. It was everybody. But, the, like, they still have goal scorers. And so – or you know they had different players that you knew would step up at key times in games mm. and I think that that's something that has been missing from this group is just like a real and you know I alluded to Andre Kuzmenko potentially being a guy that could be like a game breaker um, and just a real sniper at key points in games so you know if they get him then maybe that wears off on some other guys but I just think that they need more guys that have the ability to really, you know, be those type of game changing uh, game breaker type of players that can really, you know, change the way that a game is going. So I think that, you know, those would be two things for me, but that of course, again, is as the team is now, <laughs> yeah. uh, de depending on any future moves, then my answer may change. Uh, last one for you, Mick, we saw the fourth line, undergo some major changes the last couple of weeks with A.J. Greer getting hurt. Obviously, Adam Ruzicka got claimed off of waivers. Uh, what kind of changes do you think we're going to see when this team does reconvene post-All-Star break, and who are you excited maybe to see 
come up and maybe try to help form a successful fourth line for the Flames? Yeah, man, losing AJ Greer was that was a a big one. He just really he drove that line like as it was for the last little while just with his speed and his intensity and his physicality. So that that was a a huge loss obviously. Um but you look at guys that are coming back in Jacob Peltier and Kevin Rooney, uh, I would be really curious and anxious uh, to see them and where their game is at at the NHL level. I know they've been in AHL games, so I uh, would be curious to to get a look at those guys. I really liked Cole Schwentz's uh, game. I, I like, I really like his speed. Um, and on a fourth line, a, a really important piece is to be able to have guys that can get in and be uh, F1 on the forecheck and beat uh, other beat the defenders to pucks. And he did that a number of times. And so I thought that was, that's a big thing. If you can play with that pace and that intensity, uh, the speed that he was playing with at the center position, like I really like that for a fourth line center. So yeah, I'd be curious to see him uh, with some other line mates and just to see if it, it might shake out a little bit better. So yeah, that fourth line is still, there's a, it's like a, a revolving door of <laughs> who can come in and like take take hold and grab hold of those that role in those positions because it's something that's so underrated is the importance of your fourth line like yeah they don't play a lot of minutes but they need to be able to go out there and wear other teams down and set the other lines up for success they can't be playing in their own end they can't be taking penalties um and so i you know those jobs are they're open and you know i'm curious to see uh peltier and rooney especially uh when they're back definitely gonna be one of those things that we watch for in the next couple of days uh megan thanks for the time as always really great insight thanks for letting us take some time away from your uh all-star break to uh jump on with us hey you bet. Thanks, Mick. Take, Take care. care. Bye now. Megan Mickelson, the color voice of the Calgary Flames here on Sportsnet 960. The fan joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline for her thoughts on the latest swap between the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks and uh, a lot on what's next there for the Flames from Megan PK. And I thought it was a good perspective on Kuzmenko and yep. some of the things that have sort of... Uh, hindered this team so far through 49 games. Yeah, that, that game-breaking talent is is certainly something that he brought to the Canucks last season, and it's something that I think could show itself on a power play, um, and, and we'll see. Like, we don't know, like Pat said in uh, in Hour 1, we don't know if this is going to be uh, a flame, uh, a guy who's going to be a flame for a month and eight days, if he's going to be a flame for a, a year and a few days. Like, who knows how long this guy is going to, to be a member of this team. But while he is here, the, this is the type of player that this team has been lacking for a while now. I would say even going back to the uh, the, the old era that uh, has officially come to an end with, with the deal yesterday. Uh, he's Peter Klein, my uh, wonderful co-host today and Aww. tomorrow here on the program. Uh, thanks for everything today, PK. Look forward to doing this on a Friday, pal. Yeah, this should be fun. We'll, we'll see if we get any more yeah. gigantic news in the <laughs> any, next 24 hours. But this is fun. news pieces to dive into. Uh, appreciate you, PK. Appreciate our outstanding producer, Shan Vergy, for his great work on this Friday. Thanks to Adnan Verk, Pat Steinberg, and Megan Mickelson for joining us. And Bob Costas. And Bob Costas. Uh, if you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. This has been the Sports Drive at 5. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Did you know Calgary Lock and Safe also fixes doors? What? If you have one that needs it, visit calgarylockandsafe.com slash doors. 
tomorrow on the program, we will get you all caught up on everything going on around the sports world. Every single moment of it, Shan's going to do a whole segment on why Scotty Barnes wasn't an all-star for yep. the Toronto Raptors. So be tuned in for that. Full hour on yeah. uh, on Lewis Hamilton to, uh, to, <laughs> to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, and uh, more all-star game in-depth analysis on the draft picks from Toronto today. Not not really, but we'll, we'll, we'll make a show on it. It'll be a fun Friday. Uh, it might even debut a new segment on Ooh. Friday. We'll let you know about that. You're going to want to be tuned in for that. Uh, again, thanks to Peter Klein for his great work today. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. We appreciate it. If you sent us a text, thank you very much. Even the mean ones, we appreciate all of them. Uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday night. Signing off for the day here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.